Tim McRae, Head of Markets with On The Box. Right. There you go. Short, straight, short, straight, straight to the point. Yeah, be like straight to the point, simple, and uh, and you know, direct to get just get down to business, just like on the box, I guess, isn't it? <laughs> oh, my <laughs> wife often refers to me as a very simple man. So, you know. very good, very good. Matt, so, Matt's, Matt's wife refers to him as short as well. So, I'm not sure whether that's height or not. But anyway, yeah, there you go. So, Tim, you've already started to get a feeling for what this podcast is all about. <laughs> Um, but we've, we're going to get you on because you, you're just starting a new venture. But before we kick off with that, we'll um, we'll have a bit of a chat to you and do our do our normal uh, psychological assessment of you with our sixth sense. So we'll we'll just fire uh, six words or short phrases at you, and you just come back with the first thing that comes to mind. Andrew, do you want to kick it off? I'll keep track of it because it is hard for us to keep track of six. <laughs> we're not we're not fancy economists like Tim. No. Um, first one, first thing that comes to mind. Favorite musician? Oh, Mark Knopfler. Die Straits. Okay. Yep. There you go. Showing is, your age. Is he, is he Scottish? No, uh, English. Uh, English. English. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well. The uh, this correction we've seen this year in livestock markets. Long overdue. <laughs> Gosh, that's it. Sounds a bit like Paul Keating. The correction we had to have you. Mm, mm. uh, I don't think it was the correction. I think it was the peak that was the issue. <laughs> the selling livestock. Clunky. Is that in relation to online selling or just general Oh, no, selling? just in general. I think, you know, he's a... Matt, 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 that's not how we work this. Yeah, it's, no, no, no. Right, right, it's, okay. it's the first I'm answer, then move on. Because you just said move selling livestock. Move on. Said... All right, okay. On. Then my one would be online livestock auctions. Evolving. Oh, okay. Haggis. Keep it. <laughs> Crocs footwear. Abomination. Oh dear me, he's failed. The, he certainly failed the last two. You don't like haggis. You don't like Crocs. No, I never tried haggis. So. I... Why well, yeah, can you say what's that when you when you're a McCree? There's lots of things I've never tried, mate. But <laughs> lots of things I've never tried that I'm sure I don't like. That's a fair point as well. With, with I, think my, like Mac- I think my only reference to Haggis is the uh, movie Armageddon, where they uh, oh yeah, uh, I, know, remember, they I remember that scene. Yeah. Explains how it's made to the big fella. Um, but it does taste good. It, it doesn't. It doesn't. We've actually got. I don't know we've if got some. Got, I've got yeah, one yeah, in the fridge. Some. From our from our sponsors at Patton Park. Yep, we have. Uh, yeah, uh, but yeah, it's Tim. Tell us tell us a bit about who you are for people who don't know. Give us a, a short intro. No, yeah, give us a bit more of a just Tim McRae and that, like because you've got a bit of a, a illustrious illustrious career in uh, the livestock and you know kind of sector, pretty much, haven't you? Uh, illustrious or long tail, whichever way you want to look at it. But I uh, know. Oh, look, I um off agricultural farming background, farming background. On my on father's side, um, but thought I wouldn't go into ag. Um, had dreams of other things, but ag economics at Sydney Uni was about the only course that I could get into. Um, and then went into MLA as a graduate. Um, stayed there for what proved to be an extremely um, valuable time. But when you're sitting in the middle of some of those long days as a graduate or lower level staff member, it seemed like a hell of a long time. But fantastic training there under. Under Peter Weeks and Dr. Peter Barnard, which I still use now, and then um, 
went away, did some some postgraduate research, some lecturing, some um, with the University of Sydney. Um, you know, by this time, probably late twenties, starting to find my feet, figure out maturity. Um, having a young family always gets you pretty focused at actually career path, and then um, always had been wanting to get back to Orange, back here, worked with DPI, which has head office here in Orange as their chief economist and um, somewhat ironically oversaw their innovation team for a while, which was just not, you couldn't get a a, a person with worse IT skills than me or or interest in um, innovative ideas than me running that. That was, um, that, that was working with Jenny Ann Hall who Yeah, it would have been. Yep. Yeah, yeah Jenny so, Ann. I, I went yeah. and poached her. Where she was my first person. I knew I was at way out of my depth, so... Um, the secret to being hopefully a good manager is get better people around you. And um, the and the link the link there is that Jenny Ann worked where I worked for a short period before you poached her, and then Andrew was Jenny Ann's replacement. Well, <laughs> we can this, that didn't end up too well for you, Matt. Sorry. <laughs> well, it did in the end. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, so look, and then um, always been doing my own consulting, own own farming, um, run a. A uh, couple of properties here around Orange and Millthorpe with my brother, um, and who's an agronomist. So we seem to work well on agronomists and economists together. Um, yep. All he wants to do is crop everything. Um, <laughs> all I want to do is figure out how much stuff's worth and get more of it. Um, and look, and now um, did a, a stint at um, Auctions Plus. Um, and now um, we've started our own little venture of On The Box. Yep. So that's a, and that's a, at the moment, it's got livestock and machinery as, a, as an auction. So give us a, just a quick, Without being too kind of sales pitchy, just what, what is on the box? On the box is a lot driven website that um, is faster and more efficient than what's currently offered. Um, one of my big goes back a long way for me, but I used to see agents in the yards and you know selling my own stock. You know they'd they'd come in and you'd make your decision maybe on a Monday, you know, and they don't go off to the market till Thursday or Friday. And I'd sit there as the economist going, "Geez, there's some time value of money being wasted." between you know the decision to sell and the actual transaction occurring um you know when you look at a lot of industries now i mean i can sell a couch almost instantly take a picture load it up it's gone um mm. you know and everything else and probably back to the sort of reference there is a bit of clunky um when you're yeah, talking yeah, about yeah. life you know it's yeah it you know i can be you know we're harvesting here at the moment around Millthorpe. we got our oats off last night and you know you can you can sell that instantly you can make your decisions whereas the livestock industry still, um, for better or worse, there's features, there's strong points of both. But, you know, it, there's a lot of wasted time, I suppose, between the decision being made of I need to sell them and the actual transaction occurring. Um, and, you know, that's been a bugbear of mine for, for many, many years, even right back to my MLA days. Mm. Um, and, and I've always looked for a way to go about that better. And, and look, I've got no technological skills whatsoever, but when I lined up with the right people, we sort of thought this was a an opportunity to do that to to make it instant. Does that when you are putting something online, like you mentioned a couch, but a couch is a I mean you can yeah. it, it's not a living being kind of thing like animals. And I, and I imagine for, for for things like machinery, yeah, once if you know what that machinery is and you can see the pictures clearly yeah, but, but the, I guess the state of the machinery. But is it different is it different if you're machinery machinery you still want to see it or yeah. get an assessment of it. I would you know it's it's all in the description and you know particularly the the ability of the agents to i mean what you have with livestock is and what we've we've done here is we've really narrowed it down to the key essentials that i think that we think our research tells us the producers want and you know you tell me the weight of an animal 
You tell mm. me the breed, you tell me the location, um, give me its sex and give me its vaccination status. Um, and, you know, I reckon you guys could, could you know, well, anyone could, with good ag knowledge could nearly nut that down to about a 100-kilometre radius of where those animals would be at yeah. any one point in time. So, um, you know, I'm not saying it's a simple process, but I certainly, you know, let's go back to the couch reference. You tell me the couch, they've only used it once on Sunday and it's never been soiled. Um mm. Yeah, that's probably what you put on the, in the ad. Lady <laughs> owner, lady yeah. owner. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm thinking, yeah, always had the plastic cover on it, never been yeah. used kind of thing. So yeah. the the integrity of the assessment is always the crucial part. And I mean, that's where the sale yards always have the advantage in that you, you yeah. see before you buy. So obviously Auctions Plus is the sort of the largest online transaction marketplace for pretty much anything in agriculture i'd say so whether it's machinery or livestock um when, when the life when they're doing the livestock they've it's all it has to go through an agent yeah at the moment yes on um, on, on auctions plus and then they've got to be auctions plus trained ah uh, they've uh, got to be assessed they've got to have the yeah you know, they've the right, got to have done the course get yeah. the tick that yep wait, so, so how does how does it work with um on the box in terms of those assessments? Yeah, look, on the box, we, um, we've we taken or will accept the accreditation of all the other online providers. Ah, um, you know, it's, it's a pretty good standard and um, the agents, all the agents we work with, you know, they're, they're very good at what they do. They're doing it every day. The, the accreditation side of it for them, <clears> um, I think, is more of a hassle, you know, to get accredited again. Once they're doing it, they, you know, you do something every day or... A couple every day, you get pretty good at it. Um, yeah, you know, uh, the scales don't lie. Um, certainly, mine at home don't. Um, <laughs> and you know, I, I just think it's a. I think the other real thing that I love about the ag industry is any rogue operators get weeded out pretty quick. You know, yeah, and I don't know if that happens in a lot of other industries. Yeah, you, you, you get in the um, you get in the black book with agents or transporters or whatever you you're going to find it pretty tough in the ag industry to survive mm. and and so you found that the, the agents are, are have come on board i mean it's early days like um we just said before we started the re record you're a couple of weeks into this new venture but i see you've already got um some lots up there ready ready for auction um so you're getting good engagement yeah look great engagement um it's gone much better than we thought and i have to give a uh, an appreciation to um, the Beef Central team and John Condon there, who, who you know was really helpful in getting us exposure. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and I, you know, you can get the exposure, you can get the agents. We've done a lot of um, the last few months. I've done a lot of which I quite enjoy time on the road, talking to agents, um, validating the idea, tweaking it. Um, that's been fantastic. Um, you know, you rock up to an agent with a coffee and some some cakes, and they're always happy to chat to you as long as you don't get them on sale day. <laughs> um, and yeah, look that that feedback's been great. Um, and then yeah, look the actual process of getting things online. It's a I keep looking at it like a new restaurant. You walk past the first time, the new restaurant open. You might pull up the second time you walk past it, have a look at the menu. Oh, there's no one in there yet. I mightn't go in next time. There's a few more. You eventually give it a try. That that getting people to give it a try and do it is now the challenge. Mm -hmm. um, you know, maybe maybe launching two weeks, three weeks before Christmas is not the the best thing. Um, but then again, um, you know, you'll have a look back at only a few months ago. You, if you had done it in September, 
agents were far too busy to even have a look well, at it. So having, having there's just, never a good time. There's never to, a good time. Um, just, yeah. just pick a date and go yeah. off it. And the, I think too. I think too. If you've got if you've picked your market right and and it, and it resonates with the punters, right? Um, that, I don't think it matters, does it? No. And look, you'd you'd. I certainly know myself over the next few weeks, I'll have a fair bit of downtime. And, you know, if you've got something there, they either stumble across it or find it. Um, mm. it's probably, yeah, there's probably never a good time. And particularly with the the boom, bust or cyclicality of, of agriculture, you know, we three weeks ago or four weeks ago, we were probably looking at holding off given how grim things were looking. Mm. Next thing you know, you know, and a lot of stock was starting to make the market, get into the market. And next thing you know, a nice widespread dump of rain. Um, okay, far less stock on the market, but the sentiment, is much greater. Yeah, it's, cha- it's, so, cha- it's, cha- it's, cha- it's changed a lot in the last gee, month, hasn't it? You can't pick it. You're sort of better to, I mean, a bit like the old nightclub days, you're better to just put it out there and see what happens. It's never, yeah. a, good, it's never a good time, never a good night. <laughs> um, uh, I was just thinking a few weeks ago, we had a chat with Fraser, who runs iInputs, which is right. kind of, it's a new startup as well, based in South Australia. Tender, well, they, tender, tender base, not options yeah, base. Yeah. Yep. So what, what they're trying to do is basically copy sort of ideas from the mining industry and the construction okay. industry where they, where farmers can say, I want to buy 10 shuttles of this, two shuttles of that, you know, a kilometre of fencing wire, whatever it is, and then individual retailers can put forward a quote and say, this is this is our our offer. Uh, one of the things that he had sort of said was that he got a lot of interest from, I guess, the lower tier retailers, like the local retailers, the local groups. Uh, but he struggled with some of the larger sort of entities, unnamed entities. Yep. Uh, that I guess is is that what is how's that is that going to be a challenge for you? Like, because obviously we do have a fairly like. In the livestock agency, you've got sort of a big percentage of it will be through two large entities that own one of your competitors. One of the big um, pieces of research and feedback we got was the um, a lot of independent agents were uncomfortable using a platform that was predominantly owned by their two main competitors. Mm. And we have tapped in. We are trying to tap into that. We mm-hmm. think that's a legitimate. You know that makes all the sense in the world. Um, but what we're also aiming for is, at the end of the day, those agents do what producers tell them to do. Well, they don't do what they tell them to do, but they certainly have the dialogue with them. So the other side of it is actually working with producers to say, actually, no, how how about we whack this on the box? Um, and again, my my dream. <laughs> is to have the agent leave, you know, do the assessment, load them online, and before he leaves my property, already have an offer on them. Now, you've got to have the right price, you've got to have the right reserve, all that kind mm. of stuff. But that, you know, you can do that kind of almost instant transactions in a lot of different goods, commodities, you know. I I have a frustration, and I always said, gee, the day someone comes up with a, a livestock um, platform that that is the equivalent of Comsec app. You've mm. got it. You know, you can sit there. You put what in what you want. You wait. You put your price, and it just works. Um, now, yeah, there's a probably fair bit more horsepower behind a Comsec or a, you know a share trading app. But you know, it's it's it's. I'm working. We're working on it. Let's put it that way. 
When Andrew, at the, at the outset of the Sixth Sense there, Andrew just mentioned about selling of livestock generally, so we weren't necessarily specifying then the online platforms, yep. and you described that as clunky. Uh, you know, you referring, were you referring to the sales yard process in itself, that it's a bit maybe outdated or a bit of a, you know, um, you know, you're wasting a lot of time potentially by going through that process. Or what? Can you just kind of flesh oh, out what you meant by that? Yeah, I think clunky. So I, I have a look at my my father, who's running 150 Angus cows, um, and he, well, geez, feed's getting tight. You know, it's we're going to have a tight winter around Orange, so let's get rid of him. He he calls his his agent that he that he trusts, but the agent doesn't call him back for a few days. Yep, I'll get out there next Thursday and have a look at him. All during that time, he's putting out some hay for him. You know, let's say we've lost a week already. Then we get him into the yards. He does it does it on a Friday arvo. Gee, the the CTLX store sales not till the next third. You know, not not till the mm. next Friday. Mm. The the time value of money wasted is not the word because the market can also go up in that time. But, yeah, you know, <clears throat> the the time taken between I need to sell to actual happening can be weeks in some instances. And I think in livestock, we just accept that that is how it is. Mm. Um, in any other commodity, um, and I, um, you guys know grain much better than me, but if you decide to sell, you can sell. You can do yep. it. Boom, yep. go on. Um, and that's, you know. look, and that's even, even like we all, we, we've got systems like Clear Grain, Crop Connect, Daily Grain, that all do that sort of transactional, instantaneous selling. So it's, Exactly. But is, but is it easier? Is it but easier it, when you? But, when e, but, got... e, but, e, but even beforehand, before it was online. Online is only just an execution, yeah. sort of transactional improvement. But the reality is that it was still almost instantaneous to sell your grain beforehand. Before. If yeah. you pick up, it was the only difference was you pick up the phone and phone Jimmy and say, "Got three thousand tons a week to sell," and he gives you a price and bish bash bosh, it's done. Yes. Yep. But cattle is just that lot more. Well, it's alive, isn't it? It is. It's alive, well, and, and there's, there's considerations there you've got to make. But yeah, I, it it seems clunky, slower than a lot of the other commodities. There's reasons for it, but it doesn't seem to have progressed much compared to every other, yeah. you know, or most other industries over the last 20, 30 years. A, a homogenized product like a grain, where you can say, look, this is you know, ASW or whatever. The, the grade is as long as the, that that I mean that's a pretty you know specific descriptor you know um, you can kind of you can measure and test it and say this is or wool even is the same right you can you can have it fairly fairly quickly sampled and tested and said this is exactly what you're getting here um, so for that type of a thing an online can work incredibly well Do, and is that what you're saying before that that it's just about what you're focusing in on as your description, uh, that what you know, in terms of what you're offering when it comes to livestock or even machinery. You've done this before, Matt. I mean, you've hit it perfectly there. I've never met a, um, you know, let's call them Angus Weiner producer who hasn't thought his Weiners were the best in the market. Yeah. So you know, and and we certainly saw it over, gee, whether it was with the livestock reporting service or auctions plus that, um, you know, you ask, oh, the neighbour up the road last week got X. You know, got twelve hundred for his wieners. Well, geez, mine are better. Mm. I should, I should set a reserve of thirteen hundred. And some of that is okay, fine. They're putting, you know, they can put whatever value they want on it. But there's also a a bubble there in of actually, they never saw those cattle. They never saw what you know that the quality of those wieners for twelve hundred bucks were. They never saw 
Um, and I mean, that's the beauty of the sale yard, send them and then that's, really uh, well, get in there. And, and that's, and that's the thing. The sale yards, the sale, the, 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 the CTLX or the sale yards is pretty much like the car yard. Go and have a look, go and compare, walk down the line and have a look and see how you're going. But I think that's the thing. Like I, I look at it from a grains point of view. Yeah. And we had a couple of years ago, kind of, well, two years ago, kind of all above a thousand dollars a ton. And then the market was going to crash. It's like you said about the cattle market. It hits a peak and then it very quickly finds its natural equilibrium. And talking to farmers, like they're sort of saying, oh, it's worth the market gone down to 700 or 800. It's worth a thousand because they're willing to pay a thousand last year. Yeah. So only worth, (laughs) it's only worth whatever somebody's willing to pay for it. You're yeah. gonna have you have the best canoe in the world, blah blah blah, but it's still only gonna be the same. It's all bunked together into the same right. bunker, a bit same silo. Yep. It doesn't matter what it is, just bish bash bosh. And I always that, that, like with the housing market, you know, five years ago the house was worth this. I still think it's worth this of all the other <laughs> stuff that's gone on in between. But they're hanging in there, grim deer, until they get that, you know, mm. get it back to what they think it was worth. And yeah. isn't that it, what Angie was saying there though, like? Because part of our job, Andrew, and and you've done this job in previous roles, Tim, as well, where you're looking at the market from that economic perspective, like and and when we said, you know, regards the, the livestock markets before, you know, we'd all acknowledge that those very high prices were too high, and then we went through a period just recently where the prices were too low, right? Yeah. And I, I described them as undervalued for about two or three months. Um, you know, looking at what was happening elsewhere what what you know comparing to you know other benchmarks globally or, or what was happening in regards to slaughter or other metrics that measure you know is this a fair value so, so to speak and but what andrew's saying before was that what the market is at the time is the price um yeah. market is the market yeah but, but, I, I, but I, sorry go on but they but you can have a market that's undervalued or that's good buying yeah. opportunity or that's overvalued yeah, yeah but Look, it can't, i don't i think you can't use the word two you can't use it's too expensive or it's too cheap. The market is the market. It's not too cheap and it's not too expensive. It is just what it is. I I completely agree with you, Andrew. And I used so to yeah, get picked I'm, up I'm, by I'm, one of my old mentors about using those phrases. It is what it is. It's not. I, I like but, that. But, but, I, like, but, I like the fact but, that. But, but, but by like saying we, that, like we finally got somebody that understands market. The market is the No, the market is the market. <laughs> but by saying that, though, as well, that then means that. As an analyst, we can't say, or as a trader, for argument's sake, look, I'm coming from that currency trading perspective that I started my career in. There, there are times that that's the whole point of it. You're looking and going, yes, this is the price right now, but I think, in my view, that is an undervalued price or an overvalued price. Therefore, I'm buying or selling some. Yeah, that's different. That, that's different from saying it's too expensive to do. It's not too expensive. It's not too cheap. It's a buying or selling opportunity because it's undervalued or overvalued, but it's not a too cheap or too expensive it is where it is because of where the buyers and the sellers are willing to be at that point in time at that point in time and that instantaneous instant. but you do have you can have market and the cattle and the sheep market this year was a classic example that there was a bit of a this isn't a pun by the way a herd mentality <laughs> to a degree oh. and you know and and you know, there may there there was a genuine fear maybe around what was happening with regards to the drying out um, there was a rush to get animals on that you know caused a bit of a glut, and so looking back, standing back as a bystander, as an analyst, you can say that you know this it's pushed too far, the pendulum's gone too far, it's overextended. Is it, 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 but then you can say, but that's where the market is, you know. So there is that element that you can have a market that's gone too far and is ready for a snapback. Absolutely, but that doesn't it mean is cheaper. that does that's cheaper. 
I mean, I bought, so as an example, last week of September, I bought, or my brother and I bought 55 Angus cow, three-year-old cows with calves at foot out of scone. Now, we got them for $1,100, landed they were $1,400. I would describe them as we got them cheap, but that was what the market was at. And it also showed. Wasn't too cheap. No, it wasn't too cheap. But what it also showed me was just how obviously stuffed scone and the Hunter Valley were. I mean, Mm, you know, I'm sure dry. the producer that was selling them thought they were cheap as well. I mean, and I think, you know, when both the buyer and the seller think they're cheap, there's something's out of whack there. I guess, yeah. I guess, I guess what you could say, you can't get your money for nothing and your chicks for free. You certainly can't. <laughs> well done. <And> you- <laughs> oh, dear. That took me five uh, minutes to line that one up. But going back to, like, from a point of view of too cheap and too expensive like you you were under the tutelage of peter weeks yep who's yep. well known and 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 peter barnard yep. uh, i remember going to a a lecture or just a workshop with ron story who's probably the equivalent in grains i'd say yep and i remember he he sort of said and i remember it sort of cause it stuck with me is you can say the market's cheap or the market's expensive or you think the market's going to go up or you think the market's going to go down as long as you include why. Yeah. Why you think it's cheap. Yep. Why you think it's going to change. But still, I still don't believe it's too cheap or too expensive. And I always love using the word comparatively. Is comparatively yeah. cheap. And I mean, Matt, I still I still think the pen, looking at tackle prices over the last three years, it's the pendulum's perfect. When she swings so high one way, guess what happens when it lets go? Mm. <laughs> you know? Oh, that's what as people that people that like markets and like trading, we we love that. We love that um, overextensions and volatilities and that. It's our bread and butter, isn't it? It it, was all straight down the line. But it'd all be pretty. pretty, There wouldn't be as many of us, and it'd be pretty boring. But it is interesting because, like, when remember in the last couple of years, we've had. uh, I remember certain people said like we're in a new normal. Mm. You know, the wool industry can't fall. Sheep industry can't fall. Sheep prices can't fall. Yeah. A grain never goes to negative basis in Australia. Then it spent three years <laughs> negative basis, and it's. I, I just think I just think it's interesting that like, there's a lot of people that get sucked in, and I, I, I like. I'm thinking of going back to uni and doing a grad certificate in behavioral economics because I think that the markets are more and more in time with human behavior, yeah. and I think people are just. Everyone is just like it's a new norm. It can't change. And I'm seeing it again with grains. We're hitting a new norm. There was a podcast I was listening to the other day where they were saying it's a, it's a new norm. Grain prices can't fall back down to historically average levels. But if you look back historically average and then you include inflation, it's pretty flat for I Every years. time I hear the new norm or this is the new level, I always think of the old football analogy that the coach has got the full support of the board. So we go right out. That was the turning. You're back. out. You're out. It's, yep. it's, it's that was bit... the turning point. Thank you. You've just let me know. Kind of. What? What was that? What was that story about the guys in the stock market in in New York in the 1920s? I can't remember who, who said it. he said something about like as soon as the taxi driver gives you oh, advice on shares, get out. I always think the same. Whenever Goldman Sachs says that we're in for a bull market in our commodities. Yeah. I always think 
Yeah, it's going to crash. Yeah, I thought. I, I think uh, Fortescue and BHP and that are all at pretty record high levels, aren't we? And it was, well, mining industry was, was going to shut down, and we're all over. There was that time, Andrew, when the wool market was booming back in 2018, and we had remember we had this fella that rang the office in the previous company we were at. Oh, uh, no, it's just really, a, a lady. I was. I, I thought it might have been, and they were saying that they noticed the wool price was high, and they were asking nah, how they could. Do you remember? Do you, I remember the actual exact story about it. They wanted like, to buy wool and store it in a container. Do you know what started it though? What? Because remember a certain wool commentator from AWI, stroke yeah. CEO, yeah, uh, had said that it wool, can't go, look, it can't go down, wool, never wool can't go down in price. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it ended up in the Australian or the AFR. Yeah. And then so on the Monday morning, this woman phoned up like mid sixties, you yeah. know, for superannuation, saying, "Can I buy some wool and or can I just store it in a container? Where can I put it? Where can yeah. I put it and store my wool?" Store of value. We should have just taken our money. The one I tell was I'd I'd been at must have been about two thousand and three. I think it was when the US slapped on some lamb tariffs anyway, but it was the story came out that someone had been offered $120 a head for some lambs at Cow and he took them home. And you could just go, whoop, that's the top of the market, people. <laughs> that was see whoever that just jinxed it, we're done. And back then, you sort of thinking, "Geez, that was that was big money." And you yeah. go, "Well, she's that uh, she's going to turn south now." And sure well, enough, I, I just remember like it struck me because when I when I came to Australia in 2010, it was Western Australia, terrible drought, and um, so a lot of farmers didn't have much grain to sell. But what they did want to sell, want to have to sell, they wanted to get as much as possible, and that's fair enough. That's human psychology. <clears throat> And a guy kept following up every single day. And I'd be like, the market's jumped up $10. But every day his target changed. He's like, I'm going to sell it when it gets to $350. <laughs> then it's $450. Then it's $5. And then it's $5. I remember it's exactly $512. And I said, this market's going to collapse. Like, the Koreans are not going to buy middleweight at this price. And he's like, no, no, no. It's going to go to $600 now. And then he sold it the next year for like $280. Because <laughs> he followed that real psychological sort of pattern of waiting for it to go back to where it was i still love the the best answer i was ever given by and i i still really credit it to what i've done now is i used to go on the road with mla for years you do the presentations you'd, you'd go to the the cwa hall in central queensland on a hot you know they're in the back end of a drought and you just cop it from from a industry representation point of view and, and you, you get a thick hide but one of them said right next time someone asks you what is the cattle market going to do the answer back is what do you need? What price do you need? Mm. So when it's too high or too low, actually ask the producer why. What price do you need? And it may have changed now. I haven't been that much of a smart ass to ask one of them straight back. But you know, back well, gee, fifteen years ago, they didn't have an answer. They didn't know that. It, it, you know, and, not, and well, whereas whereas I would said grain producers would have known what price they needed. To break even to or make to be it a work. profitable farmer, yeah. yeah, to make it work. Mm, and yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not, yeah. I'm not 100 sure in a lot of cases. And now maybe we're back to the cheap and expensive thing, but you know that answer of okay, well, what do you need now? I think in a lot of other businesses, they know exactly what how many coffees they need to sell or how many, you know. Well, I want to ask you a question about some of the time because you did spend some good time at MLA, yep. you know, um, working with some pretty, pretty. Um, Clever people, right? Um, I think it did also. Um, ben Ben Thomas came in while you were there as well. Was that yeah, right? I'd, yeah, I'd like to think yeah. I talent ID'd be, Ben. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, and and over the years, obviously, as now now that you're you know you've had all that experience with the MLA side, you're an economist by trade, um, but you now I would call you now a tech entrepreneur, right? <laughs> um, so. Yeah, you've got you've got a handle on this online stuff, and 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 in the last few years, MLA have done a lot, particularly in that markets division that you're part of. They've done a lot of revamping of their online sites. I'm sure you're aware yep. of some yep. of the stuff they've done there. Continuing to do some pretty good stuff, offering data, offering insights, and that kind of stuff. Have they got it? Do you think they've got it right? Are they doing what they should be doing in that space? Oh, I mean, on a side note, from the person who gave birth to the Midas system, um, to see them. Sort of turning that off as a little, um, just yeah, <laughs> a, little tear, a little tear, a little tear, a little, little, little. You're no longer relevant, mate. Um, yeah. uh, I think, you know, on one side you have a look at the, and this is not against any of the work what, you guys it, do. Or why, is it, why is it called Midas? Market Information Database Access System. Uh, so and I was going to say McRae's Information uh, Data Analysis System. Midas, obviously, that's where you get your, your gold. If, you, if, bo- if anyone bothered to touch it, it would have turned to gold. But anyway. <laughs> no, um, I, I, was, I, was used it. Active, I was the most <laughs> yep. active user on Midas by a long stretch, apparently, the team at MLA, because um, obviously being Ballarat-based, they can find <laughs> – where you're accessing you it from, from? <laughs> and it was and on the chart of where the access points were, who's downloading information. Yeah. Uh, Ballarat was a significant, um, uh, con- you know, a t- taker from the information, uh, fairly regular. Yeah. So, I mean, from that, my learning out of that on a, a sort of serious note was all the effort, and you've illustrated it great there, Matt, all this effort went into thinking the industry wants the information, whereas only a really tight number of people really used it as design. Now, again, it was you know, those people using it then used it to disseminate again and it probably got out there eventually in the end. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I I still think the most powerful, and this is from a New South Wales century point of view, the most powerful coverage they get is the last five minutes of the ABC Country Hour where they do the, the market, market reports market each day. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, you see... Farmers, I was with an agent the other week, and he stopped the meeting, whacked the radio on, got the thing just, right. Just no, for the last little, just for the last little didn't, bit. Yeah, didn't really yeah. give a give a stuff about the previous fifty minutes, and I won't tell Michael Condon that. But it was <laughs> that was the crucial part. It's that and the the the, the bomb five minutes after the the twelve thirty news is what they really want. Um, you know, and I I'll be interested to see what they do in that space because that's just so powerful. That is just a habit that. And most farmers are either in their ute or near their ute or, you know, on a radio somewhere listening to that. Um, the shift towards the online prices and all that, I think, is great, long overdue, difficult to do, just to shift that, you know, from let's go back in time again, you know, from the EYCI and the cattle futures and trying to get people involved and understand that. The EYCI mightn't be perfect, but, gee, it's everyone's been trained to use that as their guide. In talking of that too, MLA only recently put out an online young cattle indicator, yep. which that that was done once before for a short period of time mm. um, by some by people someone. on this podcast. By some people <laughs> on this podcast, but then we had to stop it. We can't, it was, talk, we can't we can't talk about it due to legal reasons. No, we, um, we, we can because we no longer work for that company. Yeah, well, we won't we won't we won't go into the detail of that because. You know, it's um, it's you know, parts are still confidential, I think. Um, but they've also got an online lamb indicator too. Now, at the moment, it's using auctions plus only, I think. But obviously, you're you're now you're set up and started running. You are going to hopefully be 
providing you know the the relevant data for that too so that some of your pricing information and data sets make their way through to that online indicator as well if everything's going to plan matt we will share our data with whoever wants it if we we will you've got to be optimistic starting your own business we yeah. get to the size where we're getting enough good data yeah um, we'd love to that would also mean we're actually selling a fair bit of stock and successful so yeah look part of what we're doing as well is um we're not we will we're not doing ads we're not doing any of that stuff we're just a website that trades that you know that provides the ability to for the transactions of livestock or machinery on the data side of it we have no interest in holding that close to our chest what about yep. like the name yeah yep. like matt, matt and i obviously we've we we well, you've think. done a few names in your time i've been through was, the process i, was, I believe I was, I was gonna say like why don't you come and approach us and uh, we could have done some uh, assistance um like we, we came up with our name after a couple of beers uh, and uh, just, yeah. uh for episode three at least and we've yeah it's more so that we just thought it was funny yeah. uh, on the box yep where does that come from um one of the things that we were working on is i always think the best conversations in agriculture are had over the back of the ute tray mm-hmm. um and back of the ute tray didn't really work that well but you know when i have a think about when you'd go out you'd see producers you do that you're always leaning on back of the tray you got to Someone's got their foot up on the rail. There's a, there's a, um, oh, focal point around which you've stopped to have the chat. Now, yeah. mm. last night at the end of harvest, it was around the back of a tray, and there was a, a six, you know, an esky beer in the middle, um, and that's where it sort of came from. That the box yes. esky leaning over the ute tray. We were doing different things around. We wanted it to be a place where people would come to. Particularly one of the other features is we now run our auctions to finish at 8 p.m. at night. So there was that end of the workday, you have a quick lean on the the ute, particularly in my instance. You have the chat, catch you tomorrow kind of thing. So it was around the central place to meet at the end of a day. Um, and on the ute tray didn't work. Mm. Um, yeah, as you guys would know, you go through a few different connotations of it's also what it is. It's also finding the domain name as well. That's the that's the other side. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and um, you know, and, and you look at the the evolving part of what the box has been referred to over the years. If you talk, I think, to a livestock producer who's maybe sixty years plus, the box. I think the ones I know is still referred to as the processing plant. You sent them to the box. Okay. Um, the younger, um, you know, and. I've, you guys are probably all around the same age. You know, the box used to be the TV. Oh, yep. Get out front of the idiot box kind of <laughs> yeah. thing. And, yeah. um, you know, and... Yeah, because when, when I, first, that, heard, when I pres- first heard the name, I was sort of like, oh, my first thought was like a TV guide. Yeah. Like yeah. What, what's I'm on sorry. the box. But then it's kind of like, to me, then I thought about it, it's like the TV guide is not that much different to an auction anyway. It's a listing yeah. of yeah. what is on. But also so, in, in nowadays too, the TV's becoming less relevant to what's on either your phone or on your computer right yeah so i mean the box on the box I, now i, I mean, haven't watched tv in a year yeah well that's it like but if you if you're watching you are watching on on devices right you everyone watches stuff like they used to use their tv on you know whether it's a phone or an ipad or or their you know their um their, their pc yeah. they're being used like a tv these days a lot of the time anyway right yeah to me a, a, what's on the box used to be what are you watching on telly yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, no, it was, um, but again, and then domain name, 
<laughs> and all that stuff. So I'm so actually, in what Andrew says, I was surprised that something like on the box wasn't already taken. I stayed right away from that. Um, as a domain, as, a, as a, yeah. I know when when Andrew and I were running through names as well, there was a few, you know, that we we. What's the, I'll, I'll play a yeah. word association with you. What's the what's the uh, what's the company that has the box? Box with dots, Domino's. Oh yeah, yeah, oh. yeah. yeah, yeah. That was yeah. my first. Yeah. Oh, no. yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay. Yeah, look, it's, well, I, I, I'll tell you a story. I do. I, I'll tell you a story about domain names. Actually, have I told it? Have I told this one, Matt? Which oh, I'm not sure which one you're talking about. I might have told you over a beer about how I made a thousand pounds off. Of oh a yes, yeah, I do recall that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> off yeah, of yeah. a por- off of a porn website. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, this is not. That's not. It's not bad. There was no videos of me, so don't worry about that. Um, it would have been two thousand at that point. Um, <laughs> but the so when I was in uni, it was back in the day when like I, I studied computer science, yep. and then you could buy like domain names for. Everything was available pretty much, but you could get them again for like 50 pence a pound. And so there was a popular porn website in the UK called free, like F R E E, then six and numeral.com. Uh, so I'm told. And uh, anyway, so I went out. <laughs> you only got... went there for the articles, did you, mate? <laughs> <laughs> I, was just, I was seeing if there's any, if they had any data. Um, so anyway, I, I bought all of the alternatives dot core uk dot org dot whatever else and then i just sent them an email and said i've got these domain names i was going to use them for and this is before there was any rules about cyber squatting and I, I sort of said well do you want to buy these from me and they came back immediately and said yep give us your bank details <laughs> so i did the, i did the same with wh smiths you know the bookstore <laughs> oh and they sent me a cease and desist. So the porn industry is more open to new ideas and or they're just used to getting... They're just used to paying money. <laughs> they're just used to getting railroaded and uh, and leaned upon. Yeah. I didn't even have to put any... Yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to make any inappropriate... But yeah, that was, that was it. But then we bought our domain. That was our issue was we wanted to find a name that wasn't agricultural. And then we sort of thought, well, what can we get? Because there's not that many domain names available mm. that have any meaning. And um, and third time lucky didn't have a quite a good sound about it. No, no not when you talk about markets. Too desperate, yeah. <laughs> when you try and analyze markets and you're saying yeah. we're third time lucky, it's like, yeah, I don't have that rings. But then there's but then there's other companies that have named themselves, but then haven't been able to get a domain name, so they just misspell it. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I can think of one. Um, <laughs> oh, no, look, I'm speaking to a couple of experts about how to name a company. Um, it's, it's not easy. Um, no, it's not. And, and we've done it on the, the wife's medical side of things, is coming up with the, a name that's not already taken or, you know, it's, it's, it, it can get frustrated. It's fun and probably the more beers you have, the better, you, the more creative you get. But, but um, yeah, you, you, you well, yeah, it's you, a it's the law of diminishing yeah, returns, yeah. and then you get to a stage yeah. when there's eight or nine bees in that it just yeah. turn, it falls off the edge of the cliff. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so you've got cattle and sheep now, and machinery. Is there, yep. are there plans to expand to other commodities or other other things there? Or oh, we'll do goats. Um, that's that's just an extension of, of sheep. Yep. Um, no, look, we want to keep it. As I said, the, the the aim of it is to be fast and efficient. You could do. And... You know what you could do as well. Oh. 
you could do chickens. What? What chickens? I'm more because you don't because you don't get your chicks for free. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh okay. Right. Um, it's hard <laughs> crowd today. So yeah, look, now we'll just stick with that. And 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 the other thing is, you know, as advanced as we are, um, it's still you know a lot of producers are doing it on their phones. The big difference is we're lot driven, not a sale time. So you know, the notifications and that of you know, as an example. Hey Andrew, those hundred Angus steers that you were looking for within a two hundred kilometer radius just got offered, and being able to actively target people with what they're looking for, as opposed to waiting for that that sale window, waiting for the shop to open and having everyone lined up like a Boxing Day sale. Um, mm. You know, is it is is I mean that's mm. sale yards again. That's that's um, I think I think that's how it's... it's been done, but you know the. The, the successful trade we had last week was, you know, someone put it up there on a Friday, put some cattle up on a Friday night. By Saturday morning, they were purchased in Queensland. You know, it was – you can't sell it if it's not visible. Mm. I think it's, mm. it, it is – it's going back to, like, the, your comment about clunkiness. And, yep. like, I, I went into into the city centre yesterday, no. got a haircut. That's why I'm so fresh looking. Um, but it was really interesting that what we – Four days away from five, six days away from Christmas. Listen that now. Shops were empty. Yeah. Like, there wasn't anyone in the shops. The shops were busier in August. Yep. And I was just thinking, like, and I spoke to the barber and he says, Yeah, it's just dead. Just deadly quiet. Yep. And I just wonder everyone's just everyone wants just ease. Maybe after years of COVID, people just are used to just having it easy. And we want to have easy transactions. We want to go like I buy a lot of clothes online nowadays, which I never used to do because I like to try them on. But maybe that's the same with livestock eventually is we want to get to an easier situation where we don't have to dick around, you know, put them on a truck, put them to the sales yards, and then if they don't sell, have them to bring them home again. Is that that's an interesting concept? Has 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 COVID the, the experience of COVID and it forced some producers to using online platforms maybe before they have ever done it before, right? Um, like took, took them out of their comfort zone, but now they've become a bit more, you know, au fait with, with that as a process. Um, has that has that been also like COVID from what you're trying to set up now? Has that been potentially something that's that's yeah. kind of opened that opportunity, you know, more accessible? Undoubtedly, COVID and particularly the inability to turn up in person at bull sales or clearing sales gave willing buyers a crash course in online selling up uh, online buying sorry yeah yeah you yeah. didn't have you could and i mean i like going to a clearing sales as much as the next bloke but mainly for the barbecue but you couldn't you could as much as covid caused all the disruptions you sort of yeah. couldn't have hoped for a better um environment to learn in that it happened suddenly and it was extended it you know you yeah su- supercharged supercharged yeah. what was going to happen <clears throat> anyway right yep. eventually we we're going to get there but it just came a lot quicker just out of necessity yeah, it was out of necessity, yeah. and you know, I, you know, you had viewing of the sites going through the roof, and that they had nothing else to do. Mm. I mean, it was also bloody wet, so it was mm. sort of a double whammy that shit was too wet to do anything outside. And also, um, I, I'm I'm looking for a this or that. The only place you could do it was online. Um, mm. So I think it was just more of a crash a crash course, and whoever was holding the the um the real estate for that crash course at that time was. 
right place, yeah. right time. I would have thought. I would have thought wool would have been another commodity that you might have considered. Um, have, hasn't the wool industry really just tried that? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, haven't, haven't they but, just haven't they just blown seven point six million on it? But they, but again, it, it's a it's a question of you know, did they do it the right way around? Did they make it too clunky? Did they you know like, or is it just that the wool market's so traditional you just don't worry about it? Oh, I think wool's got that big thing that you can store it, you can sit it there, and it's still there. Whereas you know. But that's that's true of grain as well. And, yeah. But you know, yet yet clear exchanges is doing. You know, yeah. We had we no, had we, we had we we all things being equal and we're successful as we hope. Yeah, we will eventually push into stuff. What you won't see is any advertising on us. Um, I wonder. Yeah. I wonder. So going back to wool, though. So AWI had that wool selling system. I wonder if one of the big like the, I imagine they'll have to review why it didn't wasn't successful but i imagine part of it was that the brokers weren't engaged mm. the brokers weren't interested they they didn't really see any value in it because it sort of cut their lunch to an extent yeah. auctions plus has taken 20 years 25 years 35 years but 35 25 mm. so nearly as old as me and the reality is it's taken them time to bring that up but they've had to get the agents involved well the agents own it effectively so Grain's different as well because grain didn't really use brokers or it does, but maybe 50% of grain will go for a broker. But a grower can easily sell the grain themselves. Pick up the phone, sell it. Yeah. Go online and sell it. But that's where I wonder with, with wool, it's, it is, it has its own sort of grading system. It's tactile, but you need to, the brokers on board to get it to work. And that's what AWI, I don't think, did. I did my master's thesis in the reserve price scheme back in the day and the pros and cons and fars and reasons and government intervention and all that kind of stuff. You talked behavioural economics, Andrew. Um, I think the wool industry is a whole very interesting case study on its own. Yeah, we, we, we noticed that from going attending a few carding night events. In, uh, yeah. You know, we, we can tell they're a, they're a unique and very um, enjoyable crowd of people in certain settings. And look, for some, we, we've only just finished sharing and we just got rid of it. It covered the costs for some, some crossbred um, ewes that we run. Um, didn't really, you know, you talked there about, did we give it much thought as a producer? Of our, no, we just wandered out of the shed, get rid of it. Mm. Oh, geez, great. It covered shearing costs done now. Mm. Yeah, beautiful product. And those who do it well, do it very well. But um, mm. interesting. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd love to give it more thought. I haven't thought that much about it for a long time. Mm. All right. Well, look, I think we've, uh, you mentioned at the outset that you, you're doing you're in the middle of harvesting and you've got this new venture. So you, you've been very generous at giving us um, a bit of your time to let people know about on the box and, 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 you know, some of your other thoughts around what's happening in the online sector and the markets um, in general. And I want to thank you for agreeing with me against Matt and his, <laughs> uh, and his was... lack of, lack of economic knowledge. <laughs> Like, it's it's probably one all I didn't agree with you on the black pudding and the, the uh, yeah, 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 but I just I just feel it's like sometimes like I'm surrounded by you know Matt. I walk with Matt all the time, and it's just good to actually have a decent mind alongside me for once. In fact, in fact, you know, if on the box doesn't work here, yeah, <laughs> uh, and, and I hope it does work, but if it doesn't. Um, you know, episode four, episode four, without ep me episode four minus one. Yeah, well, I, I I will say that. Yeah, seeing what you guys have done over the years and everything from the 
the um, AA concept days right through to what you're doing now. I still think when I heard Episode 3 was your new name, I've got new beauty Star Wars themed. Star yeah, Wars themed. Yeah. Star yeah. Wars themed analysis <laughs> service is just what we needed. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that was partially as well because we're both Star Wars fans. Because I've, I've got a question for you. Yeah? Well, we don't want to disenfranchise the Star Trek fans either. No, I'm, 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 they're also yeah. welcome. They're I'm also all, welcome. Look, I'm also a Star Trek fan as well. You know, me the well, one of those rare, one of those rare individuals. That, yeah, you yeah. don't get that very often. No, but yeah. I, I, I was thinking the other day. Yeah? Can you be an analyst and not be a geek? <laughs> like, is it possible to be an analyst and not be a nerd? I, I, I'm just thinking. I've not met a proper, true analyst who's not a nerd, and I don't mean that offensively. Like, I think I, I, I don't think you can be cool. Oh, come on. I can be cool. You can be cool and be a nerd nowadays. Oh, look, I would like to think I'm a fairly normal person, but then again, every time my wife comes and sees me replanting some trees that I put in because they weren't in a perfectly straight line, um, probably says, yeah, you're, you're somewhere there on the spectrum, spectrum. of being a nerd. <laughs> no, I, was, I was just curious about that because I was talking to somebody the other day about it and you know, they called me a nerd because I'm into data and into science fiction and whatnot. I just think I was just curious. Like I was just thinking, all the other analysts I've met have all been sort of like Matt's especially nerdish. Well, the one and, I hate is when they say, "Oh, you're an economist, so you must know a bit about accounting." You're like, yeah. "Whoa, whoa!" No. Yeah, I, yeah. Have, I have at least some personality. Yeah, what, yeah, what, yeah. Do you, what do you get if you cross a airline and an accountant? A boring seven four seven. I was going for boring flight. <laughs> Oh, your jokes no, haven't improved over that's the last fifty-five no, minutes, Andrew. That's, that's usually that's usually a signal, Tim, that we're we're scraping the bottom of the barrel of our podcasting expertise when when the silliness starts. So I think this wrap... is I think this is the last one before Christmas. It will be. It will be. I think we'll have one more before New Year to do yeah. our, to do our resolutions, Max. I've got one now. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, oh, no, guys, and I might say from a a fellow analyst, I'd keep doing the good work of what you're doing. It's um. Nice to see different points of view, different charts, different, you know, the, um, your, your recipe with the charts is just brilliant. So on, on the work you do. Um, and I think that's that secret of being able to do it fast and get the picture quickly. So, um, I can remember you used to do charts in PowerPoint and then you tra- you'd, you'd do them in Harvard graphics and transfer them across the PowerPoint, um, yeah. and keep them in mortar. But, um, no, no, it's it's the more out there commenting, the more, you know, you have a look at the last 18 months, the foot and mouth disease mm. um, kerfuffle, we'll call it, um, and all the pendulum swinging back and forth and cheaper or dearer. It's, um, I think, you know, it's a frustration that we haven't had people using more of the data and different things, but you can only keep putting it out there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But uh, no, well, all our listeners, have a Merry Christmas. Don't do anything I wouldn't do. We, yeah, that's that leaves you open to very yes. lots of options. That's a good long list, I'd assume. <laughs> very good. No, thanks for coming on, Tim. Good luck with the venture. And um, yeah, appreciate it very much. And we'll um we'll see you when you've got nothing on. Appreciate Ciao your time. Cheers, guys.